0: We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present with our families. But we still
1: felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other smart, conscious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations
0: about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something
1: meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Marvelous. Marvelous helps you build and grow your own courses, memberships, and live streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. If you're looking for a simple, beautiful, custom branded platform to build and grow your online business, you can learn more at HeyMarvelous.com.
0: Welcome to the Angie Spoke Podcast. On today's show, we have Christina Scalera. She is the attorney and founder behind The Contract Shop, a contract template store for creative entrepreneurs, wedding professionals, and coaches. Back in 2014, Christina found herself dreaming of pursuing a more creative path, and she started to look for alternatives to her in-house legal job. She explored everything from teaching yoga to become a freelance graphic designer to opening an Etsy shop. In the process, she ended up coming full circle by creating a business that brought the benefit of her legal training to help her fellow creatives. She's now teaching others how they too can create an online shop phenomenon, create daily income, and get out of the client getting high. Hustle. We had a lot of fun with Christina. We got deep into internet business and selling and digital downloads versus courses. I know you're going to love it. Here's the episode with Christina.
1: Well, welcome Christina to the show. We're so happy to have you.
2: Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled
0: to be here. Yeah. We're really excited to get to know you and your business. I think you've got some really cool work that you're doing. We want to learn all about it, but first, can you tell us about you
2: being a lawyer and
0: switching careers? Tell us the story.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I have some thoughts on this too. Yeah, so I, yeah. I mean, like, I, I hate when people say that it was accidental. It really wasn't accidental. It was very intentional, but like slowly over time. So when I got out of law school, I went and worked at a private kids' toy company in Atlanta and was managing their trademark portfolio. It's something I'd done in law school as an intern at PepsiCo, and just I love trademarks, and I liked the job, but it was kind of anticlimactic, like my whole life, I was trying to get this in-house trademark, you know, corporate counsel job. And here I get it right out of law school and I was what, 24, 25. And I was just like, that's it. Like, this is it. This is my life every day now. I just, you know, my, my like fun activity is picking out what new shoes to wear to work. And like, this just feels really empty. And I went, did kind of like a quarter life crisis thing, became a yoga teacher that didn't really work out. But in the process of starting that yoga business, you know, I was learning about how to run a business. I'd never done that. I was always corporate or in school or whatever. And I had to learn how to blog. I had to learn how to website. This is before Canva. So I had to learn Photoshop, which was a nightmare. It took me six hours to open Photoshop the first time, fun fact. And it taught me everything I needed and introduced me to this community of of entrepreneurs and people that were working for themselves. And I started having conversations with them. And one thing just consistently kept coming up, which was client issues, problems with clients paying, clients exceeding the scope of their work, clients asking for more than they paid for. And I said, well, this is something I can help you with. Like, this is this is what I specialize in, is like writing agreements. Like I worked on a lot of licensing agreements and this is even more fun because we're dealing with real people and not intellectual property here. And I was able to help some of them in that way. And one of them just turned to me and she said, why aren't you selling this? And I, I said, what do you mean? She said, like, this is awesome. What you did for me was great. I I love this. I wanna share this out with, she's a photographer and she's like, I wanna share this with my people. And I was like, well, you know, I don't have anything. So long story short, a couple months go by, I get a shop up. It's now the contract shop. And I started by pre-selling things in there. So I didn't even have anything created, nothing. And I got in front of a rather large audience and made my first money online. Like I'd only made a couple dollars here and there on Etsy with digital downloads. And all of a sudden I had $3,700 in my bank account from selling these digital products. And I, I felt like, oh, wow. Like, this isn't just a fake industry. Cause I, I kind of business. thought that until that. I thought, you know, maybe these people are making all this up. That was how my shop got started. And, you know, five years into it now, I it's finally so automated that I'm able to turn my attention to helping other people turn their services into products.
0: Yeah. That's super cool. Do you want to just explain what kinds of things that you sell? And I'm looking at it now here, but what kinds of things that you sell and price point too? I think that's interesting.
2: Yeah, I have a decently high price point. If you go to my site, you'll notice it's higher than maybe other shops typically that have cropped up after us and higher than something like Big Box Legal Software, Rocket Lawyer, LegalZoom, those kinds of things. And it's priced that way because we have two strategies that we use. So one of them is a twice annual sale. So we knock down the prices by 40% for a week, twice a year. And that makes the prices a lot more accessible to people. But To answer your question about the types of products, these are our client relationship agreements for the most part. And then also some things that you need just as a business owner who is getting started, like a privacy policy that comes with terms and conditions for your site, that's really important to run Facebook ads, Google ads, that kind of thing, you have to have those things now and just general legal resources that are, I like to say translated into language that someone can understand as they're getting started in business. So for example, we have a Lawless to Flawless course that teaches people uh, my eight step strategy to getting your business started, which like starting an LLC is actually step seven out of eight. Which is a total like it it's completely on its head from most of the resources that are out there, especially free resources. Even the SBA puts like the LLC pretty far up front. But it comes from my experience in starting businesses and being less than broke. Like when I started this store five years ago, I had seventy four thousand dollars of credit card debt. <laughs> So I mean, I had to be scrappy and I had to, to start it, you know, maybe not the way the SBA told me to, but it's the way that I recommend to my people now because it is so important that you that you start with what you have. And at the time, I literally didn't have money. Like I didn't even have any credit left on an account. So I teach people how to get started with like literally no money.
1: Well, there's a lot to unpack in that. I First of all, I had no idea about that kind of like the yoga part yeah, of your journey. I That's so fascinating. There, That's like a whole other story. <laughs> but I really would love you to share this journey actually to get out of debt because I think money is a big theme on our show and the relationship that women have to money and power. And so I'd love for you to just sort of share like the mindset around dealing with $74,000 of credit card debt. That just makes my heart race in uncontrollable ways. Yeah, right.
2: Luckily at the time, I had no idea that that was bad. Like I've never been officially diagnosed, but I don't know what else to call it when you're spending $400 a day at the mall. Like I was definitely a shopaholic. And that was where it was all coming from. And so, and, and also buying into experiences, which I really don't regret, but I also don't recommend people to do. So for example, one of the places that I met a lot of the people that helped me create this shop were through these creative conferences. And at the time there weren't that many. So they were like three, four, five thousand $5,000. Like there was no, you know, like $200 virtual option. That just wasn't a thing. And so I used up my last, I remember I used up my last bit of credit going to a creative conference and it was the conference that introduced me to people that I'm still friends with today like people that have literally they've they've shot up to like a million followers on Instagram and things like that. So I don't regret doing it but I think it was kind of a blessing that I had no idea how bad it was at the time like that was just normal for me. And of course, you know, when I started realizing oh my gosh, I'm I'm giving away so much money and obviously I it didn't feel good to like have people calling me, asking me where the money was and that and that kind of thing. It was a real wake-up call. And so to get out of that, it was really the fire under my butt. A kind of this happy coincidence of having that $3,700 sale, realizing this could work. And then just like leaning as hard as I could into that, making the shop a thing, making it work. And everybody asked me like, well, what's the secret sauce for that? But it was really just looking at what was working and doing more of that. And so I saw getting in front of other people's audiences was really working well for me at the time. And that's, that's what I tried to do as much as possible. And then the sales just kept coming. And that was how I was able to pay off that card. And again, like it wasn't like, I know it sounds really simple, but like, I just stopped using the cards. I shredded them. I think I hooked them up to like Hulu or something so that they kept getting a, a charge and wouldn't get shut down. But I kept paying them off. They were gone. And I had to pay for everything in cash on a debit card. And that was that's like the long and short of it is like using my business to get myself out of that. But even to this day, I still struggle with like when money comes in, like keeping it. I think that's and that's one of the things I've seen with my clients too, is like one of the biggest things they, they deal with is like, they'll have a big launch and then immediately spend everything. And it's easy as a business owner to say like, well, I'm just reinvesting in the business, but you have to be really careful there to like hold that a little bit for yourself. And, you know, also to help you up level to that next place that's uncomfortable. And probably why a lot of people, including myself, are getting rid of it so quickly.
0: I think there's a, a bigger conversation around the ability to have right? Like to have money, like that is a part of money mindset. It's just like, it's one thing, like I'm going to, the goal is to, to, to earn the money, but then just to have it. Like there's a lot in that. uh, So many, especially I think women are just like, let's spend it. Let's get it out. Like there's this discomfort with having some money in the bank account. So I'm, I'm glad that you shared that. Can you talk about your current clients and who you're helping now? That you you mentioned that you're you like to help your clients when they like they have they don't need anything to start with.
2: Yeah, so that's more on the contract shop side of things. What I'm helping people to do now because I have the two businesses, so I have the shop, and that's running almost all on its own. I'm still spending about a, one day every month filming videos, and that's where our whole content strategy comes from. That so, for example, we turn those videos into a newsletter, a blog, IGTV. Instagram captions, you know, so that is totally passive from from my end of things. It's it's really fun. I've really stepped into like a CEO, like, what's the vision for that company type of role? Spending just that one day working on it. And then all of my other time is spent with my clients now who are turning their services into products and they have all kinds of different backgrounds. I mean, some of them are copywriters, some are photographers. I just talked to a gal today who her background isn't selling jewelry and like skulls and just kind of like really fun, interesting, kind of like that spiritual healing realm. And so she oh that's our world. Yeah. We that's our world. How would you refer to that? Because I don't know how like I just say really woo, but I don't like that. Woo? Woo. Okay. No, woo is fine. (laughs) So she was looking at how to step into a digital product. So lots of different industries you know some are physical product sellers looking at how they can be more digital because of the pandemic and then a lot of most of the people that are coming to me have some sort of shop that has like more or less not worked out so far and they're looking to troubleshoot and figure out like why isn't this selling
1: Interesting. And how, how does it work? I guess, is all of the legal side of your work really with the contract shop and this other work is really kind of separate from that? Or do you find that your clients are asking you a lot of legal questions still?
2: No. So I have really strong boundaries around that. You know, if they have a legal question, I send them to the contract (laughs) shop because this, I call it decommerce coaching. So we all know what e-commerce is. You go shopping online. I mean, you live near Amazon, you know, the, the king of, of e-commerce, but D-commerce is something a little bit different. It's digital downloads sold through an online storefront. So we all know what like online courses are, we know what e-commerce is, we know what coaching is. And D-Commerce is like a blend of all of those things. It's an emerging industry. <laughs> Maybe you'll appreciate this, Jenny. But I actually trademarked the term for the coaching that I'm doing around that. So D-Commerce coaching. To teach people this. And so that's like totally separate. So obviously the shop informs that coaching, but they are like completely separate businesses. It would be kind of like, oh man, I hate to use her as an example, but I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. But like Sophia Amoroso with like Nasty Gal, right? So she has like her own business coaching thing and then she had her shop. So it's kind of like like that separation. And I'm just really clear about the boundaries there. And you know, obviously, like even Even as a lawyer, you have to just, you know, for anybody out there, (laughs) like even if you're offering some kind of relationship coaching, you have to have some kind of professional disclaimer that you're not working in that professional capacity. I guess this would also apply to therapists, CPAs, like anybody who has that licensure, you need to make sure that you are setting that boundary with the client.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It gets tricky, right? Because as soon as a client knows you're an attorney, that's where the questions come. But it's fascinating to me how many women I know in the online world and the online business space have come out of the legal profession. And maybe because, you know, that's not like the most fun career that we're like, and we're ambitious and we're curious. And so when we stumble upon kind of the online space, it's so appealing, but I think it's a common issue that we have is that, you know, it's sort of like, we become a go-to expected resource for a legal question. So I also have worked really hard to have strong boundaries, but it's a constant. It's a constant thing that
2: comes up. It, it definitely has made it easier having the two separate brands and websites and everything and just pushing people to the, the second thing or like the separate thing. Christina, can you talk more about this idea of productizing, if that's a verb, service-based
0: businesses? Can you give us an example of what that actually means?
2: Yeah, so for example, with a copywriter, she might take I'll just use one of my clients as an example. So her name's Megan Taylor. She actually was a copywriter for my store for a long time and she started her online store that has things like about page templates and sales page templates and Instagram captions. So those are all things that she was doing for us. And to be totally honest, she's she's very talented. She's very good. She's worked very hard to get to where she is. And now her prices are so high that you know it's more accessible for us to access the, her products than to work with her on an ongoing basis. And so that's a really good example of someone who we might tap into for services since she still does offer them. I think they might get phased out at some point. But you know, for someone who doesn't have a couple thousand dollars to drop on a sales page, they would tap into her products. So these are things that she has likely created something similar for her clients. So for example, if she's writing Instagram captions all day long for a couple different clients, she might look at what the common themes of those captions are. They probably start, have a similar structure, that kind of thing. And then the topic is going to be one of the hardest things that we all have, you know, what are we going to write about today? And so she's taken that away with like the topic and then giving you a format to create that. And I believe she even gives you, you know, a little bit of structure in those templates so that you're basically filling in blanks. It's kind of this, it goes from Instagram captions being stressful to like an ad libs of, of like fun, (laughs) but also it makes sense. Not like an ad libs.
0: (laughs) So that makes perfect sense with, um, you know, copywriter, but your woo-woo skull, designer, like what would she, what would she be creating for digital downloads?
2: Yeah. So I talked to her about like potentially creating some sort of info product that guides people through the rituals that they would set up. So for example, personally, I've been trying to access more of this realm. It was really helpful for me to have like a meditation practice and yoga and stuff like that back in the day. But with more time in the morning, I want to go a little bit deeper. And so like I've bought some Oracle cards and some crystals and things like that, but I really don't know what I'm doing with them. Like they're pretty, I like them. They make me feel good, but I have no idea like why this purple rock is better than this purple rock. So I told her, I wish that I had someone that could guide that experience for me in a way that wasn't as overwhelming as a course, because I'm a pretty lay person when it comes to that kind of thing. Like I don't, I don't know it very well. And it would just be so cool to have something like a daily text that comes in that teaches me something about, you know, this is what soda light is. And this is, you know, why sodalite is so good for I have no idea. You guys are all gonna make fun of me, but like it's why it's so good for healing your your health and like getting giving you more energy and like whatever. Yeah. Like I I don't know any of that. And I wish I had something daily. I mean, I think that's why Oracle cards are so popular because you can just do it really quickly every day. And that could be digitized, but a text that came in every day or an email that came in every day, like a really little tiny blurb, like we're not talking like a full paragraph or anything, just a quick little blurb about how this is going to help me today. You know, I think of Tosha Silver and her change me prayers. So like, that would be a really good example of someone who takes that spiritual aspect of their life and meets people where they're at. So a book is great, but like millennial and Gen Z, aren't going to necessarily pick up a book every morning. Like we would rather, the first thing we're doing is looking at our phone. So how much better would it be to have some sort of text, not even an app that we have to open, but some sort of text that comes directly to our phone. And people are paying for these texts. These aren't free. These, These are, you know, I'd pay whatever, 20 bucks a month to get texts like this every day. So that's an example of something that she could create. Another girl I just talked to, she's not a client, but she had an online clothing store or she had a clothing store that moved online. She was looking for ways to digitize that as a product. And I was talking to her about like creating a style guide. For example, you know, you could have a quiz that leads into like, what kind of body type are you and how to dress for that style. So the product at the end of that is, you know, a $20 style guide on how to dress your body based on your quiz results. And she could even have one for spring, summer, fall, winter, and then that even could be sold as a bundle. So, you know, for $50, you get all four. And for you know $20, you get each one. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's very cool. Thank you. I'm curious, Christina, about the price point for these. Because you say $20 a month. This is one of the things about the internet, I think, that's tricky is that... You obviously had a lot of exposure to bigger audiences that helped propel your, your work. Obviously, your work stands alone and you know, it had to be good quality for you to have sort of the growth and the trajectory that you've had, but it also required exposure to a lot of eyeballs. And so I'm just wondering, how do you navigate that with your clients? Because this is always kind of the sticking point, right? Is like, how do you help them grow an audience? So what, what are some of the tips that you share with your clients about that?
2: yeah for sure there's one guaranteed way that and it's the same way i use so i had 13 people on my email list when i started when i made my first 3700 and obviously it grew quickly after that but the thing is you know content creators like us we we need new content we want new ideas and when someone approaches you with an idea that is really interesting or unique or would be novel to that audience like that's an easy yes like yes please come like share this information share this knowledge with our audience and so in turn for sharing that content with with our audience like we're giving you that audience so it's a content to audience exchange and i think a lot of people go for like the throat on this where they go for like the big influencers and then they all say no and and they're like oh man like nobody said yes but it doesn't have to be so vertical it can be horizontal so if a huge way that we grew was by looking at the audiences that we served and finding leaders in those spaces that had, you know, maybe 2000 3000 followers on Instagram, nothing like, Wow, like four million—that's crazy! You know, nothing like that. And we just went in front of their audiences, created content for them, and it was great for them because they didn't have to, you know, write a blog post that week. We did it for them, and then that whole audience now is sold into our products and who we are. And the secret about products too is that first, if you're creating irresistible products that people need, it's going to be an immediate, easy yes. Especially if you make that checkout process functional and and just super easy for them to go through, which is like the biggest reason why products don't sell is because like half the stores I go to, to audit, you know, like you can't add it to cart or it's like such a cute website that the cart is like hidden once you go away from like the the product page. So that's, that's the first thing. And then the second thing I would say there is the second thing there though, is just making sure that basically trading an audience for content is what we did at the beginning. And, and honestly, what what we still do in a way we're we're doing it a little bit here and, you know, like in exchange, I'm, I want to introduce you to my audience and then, you know, I'll be introduced to yours. So I, I think looking for those opportunities to exchange content, but the more unique you can make that obviously the easier the yes is for the person on the other end.
1: And that requires being brave, right? Like, so I think that's one thing to point out to everyone listening is that you have to put yourself out there and Asked to be, you know, featured on someone's podcast or asked to write a guest post or asked to whatever it is, do an interview with them. So it, it really requires kind of that openness and willingness to be rejected in order to have enough people say yes that you can start to really get your name out there.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs>
0: Christina, I want to know about your idea about digital downloads or digital products overtaking courses and your sort of thoughts between those two different
2: products to sell. Yeah, for sure. I don't like online courses. So I have some online courses. It's it's not that I'm against online courses, but... I do think that they're overused and abused at this point, especially launches. So for example, if you're creating something that people really need and they need access to it every day in order to be successful in their business, say, you know, like my contract templates, if I were to open and close access to that, like if I had a membership, I don't feel like that would truly serve that audience because, you know, like what if you started a photography business today and you needed a wedding photography contract template for your client, like you would need that right now. And the problem with courses is that typically they have this like open close or, you know, they're only discounted in a funnel type of situation. And to me, that would be like shopping at my favorite store or grocery store, let's just say. And, you know, I go to the shampoo aisle and everything's sold out and they're like, oh, sorry, like that's not on launch this week. Like you'll have to come back in two weeks when the shampoo is launching. What like no that that doesn't help me. I need to wash my hair today. So if you have these irresistible products, not only will they sell themselves, but it's also I believe of higher service to your customers to allow them access to it when they need it. Um, and then, like I said, we do those twice annual sales so that you know you can stock up. We have a lot of people that stock up, or just making them more accessible to someone. You know, obviously, I was very sensitive to price points when I first got started, especially. So we make them more accessible that way, but that's really the whole of it. And also when it comes to courses, you know, when I started my shop, there were no shops. Like there was like one other person that was doing something similar, but it was like a membership or something. And I decided to go with a shop format over a course because I actually had created on like Eventbrite or something, an in-person contracts 101 workshop. And like, we were going to spend two days and we were going to create your contract together. And by the end of it, you were going to walk away with a finished contract template. And I was like, is a great idea and then i started to think about it more and more and i was like there is no way that i'm going to be able to teach someone everything that goes into one of my templates even in two days. And like, how boring is this going to (laughs) be? Let me just buy it. I just (laughs) want to buy it. So I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, I, I think social media maybe lends itself better to courses in some ways because everyone's still figuring it out. Like we're all kind of like the, the blind leading the blind there. Like reels are new to everybody equally. They're not even in certain countries. I have a client in Malaysia who can't even access reels yet. So, you know, I think Maybe they lend themselves better to those types of spaces, but like in areas where you've taken years and years and years and years to become an expert, you're just not going to hand over that expertise, even with the best of intentions and, you know, the clearest programming possible in a course, it's going to happen in a template.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. I I also agree that online courses have to be thought through very carefully and often are done wrong. But I take a totally different approach to sort of how we solve for that, which is that we infuse our programs with real coaching and access to our team so that people have kind of that human connection and the ability to ask questions in real time. Because I find that like a passive online course is basically the worst thing ever. Like from like a learning
2: experience, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. To clarify, I was talking about only passive courses, like no coaching involved. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting i yeah I, I totally agree. i think I think there are very rare occasions where it works, like some of the big like massive online courses from some of the big universities I think are really powerful and help make education accessible, but it's like a very rare it's a very rare thing where it works out.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think it's it's the content that you're teaching too, right? like if it's ongoing and but what you're talking about, like with templates and copywriting, it totally makes sense to to make that into a, a digital download. So that's really interesting. Yeah. It's
2: about the result. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how how do we get someone the result in the the shortest amount of time possible? And not all topics, you know, to Jenny's credit, like lend themselves well to that, where if it is in like a lifestyle or a business improvement, generally, that might not happen in one template, you know, like one, one page out of a planner that you downloaded, isn't going to change your life, but you know, maybe it introduces you to the coach that does. So That's kind of the difference there is like, what is the result that you're looking for? Is it just like a quick transactional experience, which a a digital product lends itself better towards, or is it like this ongoing support, which, you know, is more like that coaching or, or like supported course program.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's so funny because I downloaded what I thought was a template, like a copywriting template last night, actually, because I was looking for something really specific and this person came highly recommended and I just wanted the template. And it, like when I bought this product, it directed me into an online course. And I was like, I've got to create an account. Like, what is this? Why is this a course? And there's like videos explaining the templates. And I was like, no, honestly, like I just wanted a PDF or like a Google doc access. Right. And so it's, it's one of those things like, why did you go make this a course? Like, I don't even want to watch these videos.
0: Did you pay for it, Jenny? I did pay for it. I saw the template. I thought it was
1: free. It wasn't terribly expensive, but it was like, why is this a course? And I think it's because people have this pressure, like, or this expectation that a course is going to sell better or somehow deliver the content better. And it really is like, there is a Google doc link in there, but it's like five videos down. And it was like, really, huh? That's so interesting that you would make a course that I will not watch any of these videos. I just wanted to pull back. So, Well,
2: yeah. sometimes
0: less is better, right? They always think that more is yeah. like more valuable, but sometimes less is more valuable.
2: I think that's a, the overall lesson of 2021 that we're seeing though, because just for some reference, Shopify announced that the growth that they had predicted from 2020 to 2030 happened last year. So all the shops that they thought were going to open in that 10-year time frame opened in just one year, which is insane. But it also means that there's this like content overload in some spaces, like you're talking about. And I think that's probably why a coaching program is doing better in 2021, or at least a course with coaching than pure course content. Because what you've experienced is what a lot of people have experienced. And then Something that you would have happily paid, whatever, I'm just making this up, but $19 for now becomes like, oh my gosh, like I'm not using any of the stuff here. I, I feel like I wasted my money. So now someone goes from being satisfied to being really upset, like they wasted their money. It's why a lot of memberships that just, you know put constant calls and content, into them start failing because people aren't going to the calls. And even though it's just added value, like they're, they're extracting the value just from the one thing. Now that there's five things, they feel like they're not getting their money's worth. So it's just this really interesting psychological phenomenon. And I, I definitely see that changing this year.
0: Yeah, totally agree. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. And, and it's also like the value of curation. So as the internet gets more and more busy and crowded, like we don't like, we're all just overstimulated all the time. And so I just want someone to tell me like the one thing, like, what is the one thing I need to get out of this? Just make it easy for me. Tell me the right coach or the right leader or the right resources or the right app. Like just, and tell me that's all I want. I don't want any extraneous information.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Totally agree. Yeah. So,
0: Jenny, do you want to move into joy and hustle? Let's do it.
1: Okay. So Christina, at the end of every episode, we ask our guest to share a joy and a hustle. So something that's bringing you joy in your life right now and a tool that can help our listeners hustle in their career or business.
2: Yeah. So something that's bringing me joy in my life right now is, so I'm in Colorado and we've had quite a snowy spring and today it's like 70 degrees and sunny. I have three horses. And so I like taking them out and like hand grazing them. It's the most satisfying thing ever if if you have animals you like to watch them like in their element and then like grazing is the most like it's almost meditative in a way <laughs> i don't know how to describe it maybe it's just i'm a, a crazy horse girl but that is definitely one of like my favorite things in life to do right now it's just like bring them out on grass and let them graze <laughs>
1: And then do you wear overalls? Yeah. Do you wear overalls when you take your horses out?
2: No, but I should. I I own oh one gosh. pair of overalls and I have a really funny story, but it's not <laughs> it's it's not like a bad story, but I don't think it's something that this podcast wants to. Hear.
1: Well, we just recorded an entire episode about overalls and the mindset around wearing overalls, but we can save that for another day. Oh my gosh.
2: No, these are the cutest overalls from free people. I love them. <laughs> um, and I I don't get to wear them enough. I don't even know if they, if they would fit, honestly, after the <laughs> Pandemic. I'm working on it. Maybe I'll 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 definitely listen back to that, and maybe I'll start wearing them more. And what's your hustle? Yeah. So a tool. Actually, I like this is kind of an intangible tool. So I, do you want something more tangible?
1: And intangible are the best. Okay, they're usually the best.
2: This is something that blows people's minds when I tell them this. But only follow one or two mentors at a time, and like go all in with them. I really encourage people to just like, if if this is like your podcast, like go all in, go back to the beginning, listen to every episode. Don't listen to any other podcast, like while you're doing this, um, maybe one other, right? Like, you know, that, that's my thing is like, and entertainment doesn't count. Books don't count. But if you're going all in with someone, if you're buying their programs, if you're reading their emails every week, like that's your mentor. And so I take a very similar approach to my closet as I do to my mentors, like one in one out. So you can have two at a time, but only two at a time. And it's important for you to just trust, again, like going back to this idea of guidance maybe, but just trust that like the right people and the right strategies and things like that are going to step into your life when you need them. And everything else is going to be there. Like there's no rush to get on reels. That's going to be here for years to come. Just like people are still creating courses about how to post on the basic Instagram feed, like you have time, like it'll come back. So just follow the one mentor or two mentors at a time. And that's really going to help you to accelerate things because you're only following those two perspectives instead of like 20 different things that are telling you contradictory advice.
0: You know, Christina, that's, I think you're a little more woo than you gave yourself credit for. That was very, like, that was like it. a little bit, woo. it's good.
1: It was good. <laughs>
2: I'll give myself a pat on okay, the back. Okay,
0: tell us, that's right, <laughs> that's right. Get that skull necklace. <laughs> what, uh, where can people find you if they want to learn more? And, and definitely, please mention your contract shop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I am Christina Scalera everywhere online. You can halfway Google my name. It's weird. You'll, you'll find me because it's spelled so weird, but Christina Scalera.com. And then if you want to check out the shop and just see what we're doing there, it's at the contract shop.com and everywhere. It's the contract shop. So I was lucky enough to get all the handles for all the things. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's the two places where you can find me or my shop.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you. Learned a lot. And uh, yeah, we'll keep in contact. Thank you.
2: That sounds amazing. Thank you guys for having me.
0: Hey, before you go, if you enjoy listening to our podcast and you know that your future involves teaching or coaching online, check out our inner circle experience. It's where we take these concepts, women in business, money, online business strategy, mindset, feminism, and help our clients take their expertise and transition it to an online offering. It's a one-year program with high touch strategy and mindset coaching, online business courses, and the best community on the internet. To apply, head over to theinnercircle.works, fill out our short two-minute application. And if we believe you're a great fit, you'll receive access to a private advanced training on creating a profitable online business and all the program details. Go to theinnercircle.works to learn more.